We're Courtney Gilroy, Gina Quattrochi, and Jordan Strobeck. Our direct sales business brought us together, and it's our full lives as six-figure mom entrepreneurs that bring us here to share all of our best experiences and education with other moms building their social selling empires during nap time. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to the Social Selling Collective, the podcast. Hey, social sellers, we're going to dive into the episode in 20 seconds. But first, we wanted to say we hear you and we have something so exciting to share with you. We are officially announcing that the Social Selling Club is now open. The Social Selling Club is a virtual community membership filled with fresh monthly trainings, a live Q&A call with us, our other special guests, and a private app filled with like-minded social selling go-getters just like you and more. So if you've been thinking, I love my team, but I need more support than I'm currently getting, or I need ongoing guidance on what tasks to do to actually get and stay profitable in this business, or I'm ready to start making real money already, or you've been wanting to invest, but haven't been financially able to yet, then this brand new virtual membership community, the Social Selling Club, is for you. And we're raffling off an annual membership, normally $297, for free to one of our podcast listeners here this summer. If the Social Selling Collective podcast has helped you at all, please take a minute to support the show by downloading the episode and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help us spread the word about this podcast and we read each and every single one. And when you do, you'll automatically get entered into the raffle for this annual membership to the Social Selling Club. We'll announce the winner on Instagram at Social Selling Collective. So make sure to give us a follow there to see that you won. At any time, you can learn more about the club by visiting socialsellingcollective.com slash club. And for now, back to the show. Hey, social sellers. Welcome back to another episode of How She Built This with the Social Selling Collective podcast. We are so glad you're here and we cannot wait to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Christy Ann Bowler, also known as Cab and according to Cab on Instagram. And she is a social selling powerhouse. She's been with her business for five years now. She hit the top of the company in her second year and she's created a seven figure business from her home. She has a team of over 500 women that span not only Canada and the US, but she also even has team members in Guam, Africa, and the UK. And her team has now, as of today, put over $7 million worth of product out into their communities. In addition, she launched a second business in 2020 called Cab's Insta Academy. It's a nine-module course that helps women kick off their business on Instagram. And I just have to say that Cab has the most magnetic and joy-filled personality. So it's no wonder, Cab, that you have done such an unbelievable job building your social selling business the last five years. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so, so much for being here. You are so kind. I am so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. So Cap, our first question for you is this. What compelled you to start a business in the social selling space? Can you share a little bit about your background and your journey to, to actually launching a business? 
Yes. Such a good question. Okay. So five years ago, I was, I had no desire to get into the social spelling space. To be honest, it had never even entered my mind, I guess I should say. And then a girlfriend started chatting to me about this company that was coming to Canada and how I should get involved in it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I don't really want to get involved in selling anything. I don't sell anything. But I told her how, oh, I would buy it, right? I would totally be a client, (laughs) but I have no desire to sell anything. I was totally ignorant to what it meant to socially sell or be a part of, you know, a network marketing or direct selling company. And all of my pre thoughts and ideas of it were, I guess I could say negative. Am I allowed to say that? Yes. I think most people listening had some negative connotation or stigma about joining. So yes, I love it. That's it. I mean, five years later, going to the top of your company. (laughs) Right? You know, I remember five years ago, but I was like, I wanted my friends to still like me, right? And I had this idea in my head that if I jumped into social selling, that I would be the one to walk in a room and my friends would like run the other way (laughs) out of fear that I would try and sell them something. Totally silly. But what got me into it is two things, really. So I was on the phone with my now mentor. (laughs) She's telling me about the company. And one was the income opportunity. I got to be honest, that was like the clincher, (laughs) the income opportunity. And number two was just the flexibility to do this in my own way, in my own time. And I had to try because... At the time, five years ago, I was working full-time at Starbucks and I had one girl. I now have two girls. But at the time, I had one girl and she was four years old. And my husband and I really had the strong desire to put her into this private school that we <laughs> could not afford. And uh, I had five months to... you know, We had five months to try and figure out how we could make enough extra income in order to put her into the school. Bottom line, I needed to make an additional $1,000 a month to put her into this school. And I thought, you know what? After hearing about this social selling opportunity, maybe this could be my ticket to make $1,000 a month. And that is literally right there why I jumped into the social selling space. (laughs) I jumped in March 31st in 2016. And four and a half months later, that paycheck covered her tuition. And we signed her up. And I said, I did it this month. I'll do it again. And it has never stopped from there. So (laughs) that's what got me into the social selling space, the desire and a need to put my daughter through school. And it worked. Wow. That is so powerful. And we always say at the Social Selling Collective, when you know why you're working towards something, and when that why is powerful and you're emotionally connected to it, There's nothing that will get in your way. And I can tell you, there's nothing more powerful when it comes to your why, when it comes to your babies, right? Because you're like, I'll move mountains to do whatever I have to do for my kiddos. And so that is just so unbelievably powerful. So you're working at Starbucks, you're building your social selling business. At what point did you actually realize, oh my gosh, this thing's really taking off. I don't even need to work at Starbucks anymore. Did that switch ever happen? I know it did happen for you, but can you kind of talk us through that? Yeah, it's funny. When I jumped in, literally, I'm telling you, my goal was so laser focused on just making $1,000 a month. I had no idea what to expect, right? Of anything. I just wanted to make that $1,000 to put her into school. But as I started growing in the business, and yes, the income started to come. But what got me was the community that I started to build. And as I started to 
yes, I saw my dreams coming true as I enrolled her in the school and I was paying for that. And there's nothing like the pride of being able to do that, like you said. But to then see women who were joining me and working their business alongside me, seeing their goals starting to come to play as well, that just lit me up. And I was finding myself like any second I had trying to pour into my business because the community of women around me was such a gift. It was in those moments I was like, okay, I want to transition. And then of course, I also started to... I matched my income, my full-time income with Starbucks. I matched that... I think it was 7 months into my business. And then I doubled it 8 months in. And so then I quit... I just decided to quit because it doubled. It was going great. And I just had this fire. I became obsessed with this business that I was building, honestly, because of the people and the relationships. I love that. Community is so powerful. It's why why we stay, right? Is the community. So I love that. So you talked about how that initial vision was that $1,000 a month to get your daughter to go to the certain school. Once you hit that and you knew that you had that in the bag. What was that next vision? What was that next thing that you you started working towards where you were like, okay, if I can just now do this? Yeah. Well, I'm an Enneagram 3. I don't know if that means anything. I'm a 3-2. Yes. <laughs> the Achiever Unite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like once I hit that one thing, it started to open up like, oh, wow. I did that. I was so proud of it, right? And it's like, what more could I do? And could I do that next thing and next thing? And then it started to just slowly unfold. So my next goal after that, because I'm telling you, when I joined, I knew nothing about... I didn't know what a promotion meant. I didn't even know like to grow a team, right? I didn't even, when I started, have a desire to necessarily grow a team. I knew that if I sold product, I would make commission. And that's what I was doing. I was like, I just need $1,000. That's it. So... Once I got going, started to realize, you know, oh, I could promote and I could get here and I could get here. And so my next goal after the thousand dollars was I wanted to hit that first tier of leadership with the company. I thought that would be pretty neat and being in a new country. I wanted to be one of the, you know, ground floor leaders in my country with this company being new here. So that was my next goal. And then it did turn into, I want to quit Starbucks. Because when I first started, I loved working at Starbucks. Not one time did it enter my mind that I would quit. But as that is, that was my next steps for sure. I wanted to hit the first year of leadership. And then I wanted to quit. And I also really wanted a second baby. (laughs) And I was able to quit in the exact month that I found out I was pregnant with my second child. And so, yeah, it's just exciting. I love that question of the next things because... Another thing as well, it's not just about hitting that leadership or quitting my job to stay home. It became to this confidence that started to open up in me that I didn't know that I was lacking. And that was really, really neat. The personal development that started to flow. I became addicted to that, that being a business owner in this space, I could see starting to flow and making me just a better person in other areas as well. Oh, I love that. That gave me goosebumps hearing you say that because I think there's so many people, women really that come into this and they don't know that this really is a personal development program, right? You'll never out earn the amount of work that you're actually willing to do on yourself. And the more you're committed to that, the more your business will grow. And so I love that you mentioned that. And I'm I'm a fellow, like I said, Enneagram 3 and I love personal development too. So I think we're going to be fast friends. <laughs> So let me ask a really important question because I know (laughs) 
my listeners are going to want to hear this or know this. What is your favorite Starbucks drink? How do you like it? And then also tell us like some crazy order. Cause I know people go in there and they're like, I want a double dirty extra whip. No, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I hear some of the people I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for these baristas. So your favorite drink and then craziest drink order you've ever done. I am such a bore. <laughs> for my, well, my favorite is in the fall when there's pumpkin spice, not because of the pumpkin spice latte. I love to just put the pumpkin spice into my blonde coffee. Oh, with cream. It's just that's my favorite. So my hack, it's a half price pumpkin spice latte, essentially, is to get a tall blonde coffee in a grande cup with two pumps of pumpkin spice and extra cream. Oh, okay. Delicious and a third of the price. I, oh my gosh. You are welcome, Social Selling Collective listeners. There you go. End of episode. (laughs) That's so good. And then any absolutely crazy orders that you can remember? Well, I tell you what was frustrating was when people come in and they try and order off all the, you know, the secret menu that everybody has. Yes. That was always fun. Like, oh, a pump of this, a pump of this, you know, 10 pumps of this. I'm like, okay. Um, You're like, okay, get out. I did have this person who would come in and he would order 15 packs of sugar in his venti coffee, which was just bananas. But he was for real and he was legit. And opening up 15 packs of sugar was so (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing that little side note there. So Kev, talk us a little bit about, you know, you experience quick success out of the gate. But I know that it probably wasn't all roses, right? Building a business can be hard work and it can definitely present obstacles and challenges. What was the first challenge you really faced in your business that required you to up-level and and kind of tackle it headfirst? That's funny that you say quick success because I think that that's always in the eye of the beholder, you know? And I think we as women, or at least myself, I'm just speaking for everybody here, but we're so hard on ourselves because I didn't see myself as quick success. I saw myself as, hurry up. What's wrong with you? What's taking so long? So I remember so many parts, but maybe that's also the Enneagram 3 in me. <laughs> yeah. I was satisfied and felt like I was, I feel like I'm always behind, you know? So my first push was to make $1,000 a month. That was my first goal, I should say. Then my second goal, I wanted to hit that tier of leadership, which is called director. And I wanted to be a director and I needed to hold it for four months in order to make an income bonus. So my first hurdle that I can remember clearly is ripping off the band-aid of putting my face to camera and doing a video. Because I remember I had hit that tier of leadership. I held it for two months. I was so excited, so proud of myself. And I had hit that tier of leadership with just one-on-one conversations, putting up posts on my Instagram, but refusing to do a video, which is insane. (laughs) Because if you know me now, I do videos every day, all day. But I was so terrified to rip that Band-Aid off because I had... I mean, ultimately, it comes down to a fear of other people's opinions. But I just knew, you know, in that point of my business, that I needed to get uncomfortable. I had done all the things up until that point. And I knew... If you are going to reach more people, if you are going to connect in a way that you haven't yet connected, I was like, Cab, rip that Band-Aid off. And I'm telling you, when I ripped it off, it was a game changer in my business. And I know I held myself back previously. Yes, I hit that $1,000 a month. Yes, I did hit that first tier of leadership without doing a video. 
but I know I would have hit it <laughs> 10 yeah. times faster if that one little ripoff of doing the face to camera video I had done sooner. That was my first hurdle. And I call it, you know, doing a face to camera video was what I needed to do. But ultimately, it comes back again to that confidence and that personal mm-hmm. development and what ripping off that band aid did for me as a person. I can't even describe because the fear of people and their opinions is so real. And uh, <laughs> ripping off that band aid just showed me you can do hard things. You will survive. People will love you. They'll love you more. They'll show up for you. And that like, know, and trust factor is so important in this business. Yeah, that was my first hurdle that I can physically and emotionally and all the things I love that. that I did. And I want to just touch on something that you said that I think is just kind of go back to it is A, our fear oftentimes really is rooted in what other people think, right? That can absolutely yeah. hold us back. But then the second piece of it, it's about so much more, right? You showing up on camera. Yeah, that's what you did. But it was symbolic of you yeah. really stepping into your power, owning your confidence, committing to your decision. And that's where the fun stuff happens, right? When you do those hard things, it's like confidence, you unfortunately don't get to build on the sideline, you got to get in the ring, you got to do the dang thing if you want to build confidence. And so I love that that first story is an actual like physical thing that you had to do. It's so perfect. So you have two girls and what are their ages now? Brooklyn is nine and Blake is three. Oh my gosh. So a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. So talk to us a little bit about how do you juggle? And I'm going to use the word juggle for lack of a better word, but how do you juggle mom entrepreneurship? building two businesses, right? And being a present, devoted mom. Like, what does that look like for you? Well, I don't always do a very good job. Can I that? <laughs> Heck yes. We're all about <laughs> authenticity. Anyone who tells you they do a good job every day is lying. Oh my gosh. I would say it has been such a process over this last 5 years. You know, of course, when I first started, I just had Brooklyn. She was 4. And I would build my business in pockets of time, like in those 15 minute and my lunch breaks, I was in my car doing the work. And then I often tease, and it's not a tease, it's it's total fact, but I have built my business between 10pm and 1am. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I should be proud of that, but it's just truth right there. I had the early shifts at Starbucks. I had either the 5.30am shift or I did the closing shift that just worked best for my kids or for my one kid at the time with babysitters and such. So I honestly built my business in those midnight hours and the pockets of time. So pockets of time are still a thing. But as my business started to grow, it's as if I would figure out how to balance. I hate that word. But I'd figure (laughs) out the whole (laughs) juggling thing. And then my business would grow and I'd have to refigure it out like every month. You know what I mean? I'm like, "Ah!" and then the business is growing and pulling you and then your kids are pulling you. So one word that I love instead is integration. And I like that. I don't believe that balance exists. If anyone out there does know it exists, and they have a magic tool, tell me. But I just love the word integration. And recently, my girlfriend, Caitlin, has been filling my head with the word fluid. And I love it. I think that fluid and integration, they just go together so well and create such a nice harmony, (laughs) as another girlfriend, Kim says. And those words, I just find so much more attainable. It's more relatable. Because this business, you know, it is hard. But when you think of integration, it just changes the game, right? When I put my business into my everyday life, 
that to me is more doable than balancing like, okay, I'll put this in a box and then this in a box and this in a box. Totally. I love that. My girlfriend's the one who actually introduced me to the, the industry, you know, seven years earlier, she uses the word blend. She hates the word balance too. And she's like, it blends. There's no balance. It's just all blending into each other. And I'm like, so I love it. Fluid blend integration. So, so good. So with your two girls, so four and nine, I think you said they've taken, you know, a front row seat at watching their mom build businesses, right? Be an entrepreneur, the CEO. How do you think that they would describe entrepreneurship after taking a front row seat watching you build? Oh, that's such a good question. It uh, makes me want to go ask Brooklyn. <laughs> you can. You can totally ask her. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Although, would I want to hear what she's saying? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, she has recently... I say the word troubleshoot a lot because, you know, as entrepreneurs and social sellers and people who run large teams, I, like, I feel like that's just our job, right? What do we do all day? We troubleshoot. <laughs> <laughs> we find a way, we figure it out, right? Plan F, plan Z, all the things. So I say that word a lot. And she has said to me quite a few times lately, Hey mom, look, I just, I troubleshooted this or I don't know if I said that right. Troubleshooted. Is troubleshooted a word? I think <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Let's go with it. Yes, it is. I say it's a word. It's a word. <laughs> uh, and I guess it made me so happy because I can see that she's learning, right? Everything is figure outable. Everything is doable. You can find a way. And I can see that she is finding that in her own way and her own, you know, what she's doing in her little nine year old life. She's figuring things out. And it's because she's seeing her mom figure it out. I love that. I love what you just said. Everything is figure outable. That is so good. (laughs) So, so good. So, do you feel like even now or even, you know, on the build or any point in the journey, did you feel like, the pull where you had to choose one or the other? Um, yes. You know, I can look back in the last five years and see different seasons and different zones of... I definitely went through that hustle period, you know, like that <laughs> glorification of the hustle where I was so zoned in on building my business that I was missing the grace zone and missing the living zone. I'll be honest and say mm-hmm. that. I definitely had moments of straight out burnout where, you know, I had to stop and think, what are you doing? The whole point of what you're doing is for your family and yet you're missing the point. And what is really, really interesting in those moments, because I had in my head, if I take my foot off the gas, if I stop, everything's going to fall apart. And if I stop, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to keep going. But like, I also had to stop. And it's really interesting that in those moments I learned and I saw growth still did happen, both in myself, <laughs> like we keep talking about, but also in other places, like in creativity and in other people looking in and seeing that that's what they needed in those moments, right? I love that. The gray zone, the living zone. And that's the thing. Sometimes as leader, our team needs to see us rest, right? We need to normalize rest and we don't need to have a breakdown, right? To actually get permission to rest. And so I love that you stepped back in those moments, right? That is what it's about. That's what that is sometimes the most important thing that we can do as leader. And so I just I'm so grateful that you you touched on that because it's important for everybody to know that. So you've built your business. I'm gonna use the word primarily. I don't know if that's true, but 
primarily on social media. You have an unbelievable account. You're, like I said, so magnetic. I could watch your stuff all day. For the listeners, according to Cab is her Instagram handle. Go and follow her because she just rocks the Instagram game. Can you talk a little bit about how you've used social media, specifically Instagram, to really get that explosive growth? Yes. So five years ago when I joined, that was one of my main questions was, can I grow this business online? And it's interesting because my mentor who I was chatting with and asking her these questions to, she does not do anything online. So she is telling me, yeah, you totally can. You can run this business in, you know, you can do social selling in any way that you want. That's the beauty of it, right? She's like, I don't, <laughs> but you can. <laughs> and so, okay, okay, well, I want to figure it out because at that time I said I was a full time Starbucks barista, but I was also, I had moved recently back to Canada. So I had been in California and then I moved back to Canada and my community moving back was so small. Honestly, I didn't really have one. And so I, I felt like I had no choice but to build it online because apart from a few little pockets of community that were growing, I had no choice. So yes, you're right to say I primarily built my business on Instagram. And it's also hilarious because I didn't know what I was doing. So if you're <laughs> out there right now and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, you're in good company. Just you know, stay with it, stay consistent, experiment, put yourself out there. Don't do as I did, rip off the bandaid and do that face to camera videos <laughs> because that right there is a game changer in your business. But the power of it is, you know, how I feel is in real life, we can have how many coffee dates a day technically, right? Like you could have 10 one-on-one coffee dates a day, but that would be a lot. But on Instagram, I consider the direct message a coffee date and think of the potential of having 20, 40, 50, ultimately you can have as many coffee dates a day as you put in the work to have, right? This business of social selling is about conversations. And Instagram is a free app on your phone that allows you to have limitless conversations with people around the globe, ultimately, simply by using your voice to share your story and connect. That to me right there is unbelievable, right? If we're willing to rip off the bandaid of our comfort zone, the growth is exponential. Oh, so good. And I, I was listening in on a training this week and I heard somebody say, because I think a lot of our listeners that are tuning in today are thinking, oh my gosh, social media exhausts me or it's so much work or I'm never consistent enough, right? But I was on this training and this woman talked about how, think about social media specifically, she's talking about Instagram, A, it's free, right? How many places can you grow your business that are like totally free? But she was like, think of it as like an altar of care. You get to come on to your like sacred space, your sacred platform, and you get to love on people and care for your community and inspire them and encourage them. And I'm telling you, Cap, it totally changed the way that I see that platform. I think, oh my gosh, what would I do if I showed up from that perspective of I get to make an impact. I get to transform women. I get to love on them. I get to inspire them forward. And I just think that we have the wrong perspective, not you, but a lot of people have the wrong perspective when they think about social media. And when I think about the way that you show up, I mean, listen, I'm clearly in a social selling business, but if I wasn't and I saw you, I'd be like, I want to join that girl in business because of how you show up. You show up with that love, with that inspiring 
encouragement. There's a sense of welcomeness. There's a sense of community and culture when you land on your page. And so I just want to publicly say here that you, you do it so authentically and so beautifully well. So I mean, really, according to Cab, you all should please, if you haven't, get on that phone and follow her because she's that powerful on social media. So Cab, as we're, we're wrapping up, just two last questions. The first one would be, what do you think has been the biggest surprise of this industry for you? Biggest surprise? Honestly, the biggest surprise would definitely be the both community and the personal development. I'm like, biggest surprise because I feel like I need to say something different than what I've already said like 100 times already with you today. But I came in wanting a paycheck. <laughs> and for a long time, I was embarrassed to say that because I felt like I needed to have some profound why of starting a social selling business. But quite frankly, I needed a paycheck and that's why. But what surprised me was the community of life-giving women because that's just you know not normal out in the world. <laughs> women championing other women, but also the personal development and the layers that are constantly getting ripped off and pushing you to be a better human in all areas and that we can combine both of those things as you're getting better, you're bringing other people better. I was not expecting that. And that is just such such a gift that I can't even put a price tag on. I love that. And listen, I joined for the paycheck too. And <laughs> I would say personal development and community. I was like, I don't need more friends. I don't... Personal development, what's that? You know, had yeah. no idea. And then you come in and you're like, holy smokes, strip the income, strip whatever, strip the trap. The community, I will stay. It's that powerful. So I love that. As another fellow Enneagram 3, did you ever feel in the beginning, because you just said personal development, what's that? I felt for you know probably a year and a half, maybe two years into my business, like I don't need to read that book. I'm not listening to that podcast. That's a waste of time. I need to work. I need to hustle. I need to do... Right? And to me, I felt like doing the personal development stuff, I was like, that's silly. And that's... Yeah. That's not work, right? I need to work. And the shift of when I started to work on myself and how that actually grew my business is just insane. But is it just me? Uh, amen. No. And I will share a story back with you. Gina and I were talking about this recently, actually. So when I was first building my business and I started to grow a team, I trained my team on all the tactical, technical stuff, right? Here's how you recruit. Here's how you sell product. Here's how you mentor, right? Very technical, tactical stuff. And what I quickly realized was people didn't actually lack the skill necessary to do those things. They lacked the mindset, yeah. right? Once you learn how to recruit, you know how to recruit. Once you know a couple of things about how to sell, you're golden to go sell. But it was the mindset, the reason behind why you do those things that yeah. was lacking. And so I was the same way. I was like, I'm just, I'm a worker bee. I'll just come in and I'll work and I'll do this and I'll do that. And, and I didn't understand that A, I needed it too. But yeah. that B, I actually, as a mentor, I needed to lead with a personal development route for my team when it came to training and not just the technical and tactical. And when that happened, when I made that very clear shift, and I remember exactly when it was in my business, that's when I started to blow up. Because yeah. other people started catching the personal development bug. Then all of a sudden, you realize your mindset is scarce or limited. You start overcoming those limiting beliefs. You start growing businesses. You start compounding, right? That's how this happens. And so 
I, yep, fellow Enneagram 3 had the same problem, but I'm so glad we worked through it and and really just trained our team. This is a business of duplication and compounding. So, so important that what's working for you, you go and teach your team so that they can teach their downline who teaches their downline. It's just, it's so, so important. Personal development, it's just unbelievably important. And the last thing I'll say about personal development is this. I committed to personal development for my social selling business. What I didn't know that when I committed to that work, that it would actually flow into every other area of my life. It made me a better mom. It made me a better spouse. It made me a better friend. It made me a better me. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about it. When you work on you, there's no area of your life that's not going to be positively impacted. So this is your call to all of you listening. You make sure you are doing your your scheduling that personal development time in. It's it's so important. So Cab, last question for you today. What would you tell those individuals that are just starting out in business today? What would you tell them? If you're just starting out in business, (laughs) I would say just jump in all in. And when you jump into a new business, you have a reason that you're doing right? You know what that reason is. But what I would say is take that reason and go like seven layers deeper. There's always deeper to what your reason is, right? You need to know at the core of what you're doing, the why. And it needs to be such a discipline because I'm telling you, when you first join, it's going to be like, yay, let's do this. And then the next day you'll wake up and you'll be like, what did I just do? Right? (laughs) Motivation will fail you. But discipline will not. And the only way you will be so disciplined to keep going through all of those doubts and through all of those fears is if you are so driven by that seven layer deep why that nothing is going to stop you. Like I'm telling you, I had five months (laughs) to get my kid into private school and I was so driven to make that paycheck that nothing was going to stop me. But if I didn't have that and I was like, ah, whatever, like I had that. The second thing would be to stay in motion. Don't stop. I know you probably hear consistency all the time and maybe roll your eyes at it, but don't roll your eyes. It's consistency. And the only way we can build that confidence and build that, you know, the experience and understand what's working and what's not working is by doing, right? You're not going to know what works and what doesn't work. Sure, you're going to put stuff out there that doesn't work, but you won't know if it doesn't work if you don't do it. So consistently put yourself out there, put content out there, experiment. Who cares if it flops? At least now you know and you can grow and move on. But discipline over motivation all day, every day, and consistently show up even when you fall on your face. Who cares? That is so good. I love it. And then what would you say to those individuals that aren't new, but they feel like they've plateaued? They feel stuck. Would your advice change it all for them? I think it's normal to feel stuck and I think a lot of times when we feel stuck, it's a big moment, right? <laughs> a lot of times when you feel stuck, the big breakthrough is literally right around the corner. So again, stay in motion. And I think who is in your inner circle is a massive, massive big deal. So if you're feeling stuck, you need to make sure you're speaking to somebody who is a few steps ahead of you. Talk to them, talk it out, and stay in motion. Create a plan. But whatever you do, don't stop. <laughs> That's not the time to say, okay, I'm going to take a break. Like, you need to stay in motion, but also make sure that the voices in your head are good voices to have in your head <laughs> and not uh, 
Aunt Nellie or Aunt Susie who's going to pull you the other way. <laughs> yeah, yes, because we all have trigger people, right? We all have those outliers somewhere in our circle where we think we're creating content or wondering what they're going to think when we say this or that. And they're outliers. We are not speaking to the outliers, the Aunt Susie's in our life. So I love that you said that. And I agree. Activity cures all. If you are stuck, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. into activity. Activity is a cure all 100% of the time. I've been stuck probably 100 times in my social selling journey and just getting back on the horse literally unsticks me, unstucks me, whatever, however you properly say that every single time. So, Cab, what's next for you? So, you're, you're still building this incredible social selling business, leading with just so much authenticity and grace and building a true team culture of celebration. So crushing that over there, but you've launched this new endeavor. So can you just talk a little bit specifically about that? And then we'll, we'll end on this. Yeah. So I'm still building my business, of course. And then last year, it's interesting. I know 2020 was a year for everybody for sure that <laughs> no one will forget. But one of the gifts of last year is that it allowed me to do a dream that I <laughs> wasn't necessarily planning on doing. And I I did it. I pushed through and did it. And I launched a second business called Cabs Insta Academy. And again, that community, that personal development, both of my businesses are those things and helping other women. So I guess my next steps is to continue to grow both of those. For my one business, I would love to be able to say that I have a business partner in all 50 states (laughs) and in every single province in Canada. I'm not there yet. So that's a goal of mine. And then for Cabs Insta Academy, just what that next layer for that is, that's in the works. So stay looking for that. I'm excited about it. I love it. And do you think that you would have ever launched Cabs Insta Academy without your success in social selling? Do you feel like that was the launch pad? Totally was the launch pad. 100%. I mean... I didn't do anything on Instagram before (laughs) my business. It's hilarious. I laughed because you're so kind to be so kind about my Instagram platform. I have a blast with it. And I just want to say over and over and over, like you do not have to have experience. There is Google. Everything is figure outable. Turn the camera around and share your story. Only you have your story. Literally, only you on this planet has your story. So I feel that if you are not turning the camera around and sharing it, you're doing a disservice to the world and to your purpose on earth to impact other people. And what my social selling business did for me was it opened up that confidence in that to share my voice and to impact lives, which then turned into teaching other people in the second business how to also do that with their own platforms. So yes, 100%, I would not have Cavs Insta Academy without my social selling business. And that's pretty amazing, right? How one road leads to another road. And that's why stay in motion, stay in activity, because you never know what the future holds. And if you stop, you definitely won't know. I love that. And my gosh, Cab, what an honor to have you on our podcast today. I mean, I will definitely be listening back to this so I can take some notes. I just absolutely admire you and the business, the businesses that you're building and really just a true honor to have you on our podcast today. So thank you so much. And social sellers, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Social Selling Podcast. We are so, so grateful to be on this journey with you. This episode might be over, but the conversation is just getting started. 
If you're ready for more, then you're invited to join us inside the Social Selling Club, our membership community for women in direct sales looking to up-level both business and life. As part of the club, you'll receive three social selling business trainings a month, plus a live coaching call with us, your collective coaches. And most importantly, you're building your own social selling network of like-minded, motivated women for friendships, collaboration, and accountability. You can join us now for less than a dollar a day. So come on over. You can sit with us. Find us at socialsellingcollective.com slash club to sign up right now. We hope you loved what you heard here today. Thank you for choosing to be here. We'll see you next time and inside of the Social Selling Club.